This is Instant Game Reaction, an immediate look back at the Colts' latest game. He's at the 10, he's at the 5, looking for the pylon, touchdown, Jonathan Taylor, a run of 23 yards to Pater. They'll walk it upfield, it's intercepted, picked off by the Colts, and it's Darius Leonard. Wentz throws upfield into the end zone, sack, Pascal, touchdown, touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Now, here's your host, J.J. Stankovitz from Colts.com. Welcome into another edition of Colts Instant Reaction here on the Colts Audio Network. I'm JJ Stankovitz, joined by Colts Ring of Honor member Bill Brooks to break down Week 13's 31 to nothing destruction of the Houston Texans. The Colts with their first shutout on the road since 1992. A game, by the way, that my co-host played in against the New England Patriots. It was a six to nothing game. Bill, that game was 30 years ago, so I'm not going to ask you to you know, give me some memories from that game. But I do want to ask you to start, as an offensive player, when you get a sense that the defense is doing something special, that they are, they are pitching a shutout, how does that kind of color your approach during a game on the offensive side of the ball? Well, you have two thoughts. One is that you know, you're happy that the defense is pitching a shutout and you don't want to do anything to cause them to uh, – break that shutout as far as uh, turning the ball over and, and, uh, and giving the opposition great field position. And, but also you know that, hey, our defense is playing so well. All we need to do is go out there and just do our job and they're going to continue to pitch a shutout and, and play well because we know that the, the defense, if they keep on playing that well, we should win the football game. And as we saw today, the Colts defense they were lights out today. They played extremely well. Um, Houston couldn't do anything offensively. They couldn't move the ball. Uh, the coach was smothering them all over the place with the sacks and coverage downfield and the turnovers. Uh, so the, the defense was just phenomenal today. So let, let's get into the defense to start off the, the breakdown of this game. So I, there are about 17 different ways I could go with this bill to describe <laughs> how good the Colts defense was. But the, the Houston Texans ran 50 plays on offense today. Seven of them came in Colts territory. Seven. And three of those came in garbage time with most of the starters out of the game. That was, again, the first Colts shutout on the road since 1992. Their first shutout of any kind since 2018. The deepest the Texans got was the Colts' 40-yard line. They did not run a play inside the Colts' 40-yard line. Kenny Moore the second had two takeaways. The, the Just the whole defense was on it today. And one other thing, just to throw it out here, th- this was this blew my mind. Rakyasin was on the field for 30 coverage snaps, snaps today. He was not targeted once. I mean, it's just... The, the Colts had this thing on lockdown from literally the first play of the game, and you could sense that they were... They were playing with a little extra focus that sometimes doesn't show up when you're facing a team like the Texans that has two wins, is very much out of it. You already beat them by 28 earlier in the year, but you just sensed, especially on the defensive side of the ball, that that there was a, a certain level of focus that you need to get to 31 to nothing because that scoreline does not happen by accident in the NFL. Yeah, I think the Colts wanted to make an example of the Houston Texans today. They they went out there and played with a purpose today. They, I mean, they wanted to make sure that, hey, we're going to send a message to the rest of the league that we, we are for real. 
And in the first two possessions, of course, they, you know, Kenny Moore gets an interception and then he causes a fumble. Uh, and Xavier Rhodes recovers it in the first two possessions. And then after that, for the most part, it's been three and out, three and out for the um, Texans. I think they had one drive of like nine plays or so in the first half, that is. And th the first half, the Texans couldn't do anything at all. They couldn't move the ball at all. And the Colts were just, I, I really believe they were sending a message to the National Football League that we are for real. We're going we're gonna to get our goal of 40 turnovers for the year. Um, we got two today, and we're going to continue to do that, and we're going to stifle any offense that tries to um, put up some resistance to us as far as what we want to accomplish. So give the defense credit. Give uh, Iberflus credit for the game plan that they had and give the Colts players uh, credit for executing the game plan and, and just really stifling the Houston offense. Yeah, the most yards the Texans gained on a single drive was 42 that came at the start of the fourth quarter. Houston's 141 yards of total offense. That's the sixth lowest total allowed by the Colts since they moved to Indianapolis in a single game. And, Bill, this is just fun. When you look at the possession chart and how the Texans ended their possessions today, interception, fumble, punt, 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 <laughs> punt, turnover on downs, punt, turnover on downs, turnover on downs. I mean, I know it's a shutout, and I know, like, that's what matters. But like, like I said, there are like 17 different ways you can describe how impressive this was by the Colts. But I think the thing we need to remember here is that, all right, yes, the, the Texans are a, a suboptimal opponent. Yes. But the the Colts came into this game treating the Texans with respect. They tr they took them seriously, and they treated this game like a playoff game. They knew there was no losing this game. You lose this game, you're you're honestly kind of cooked in the AFC playoff race so they came in again with that level of focus that level of detail and you could just sense it from players that they were they were not about to let Houston go anywhere I think your point of making an example of Houston was a really good one especially because these guys still had that kind of bitter taste in their mouths from last week against the Buccaneers yeah they 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 had a bad taste after the game against the Buccaneers knowing that they played well enough to win that football game, except for the turnovers and the, and the costly penalties that they had against them last week against the Buccaneers. So they want to come in and, and change that narrative as far as, far, as, far as playing uh, good football, as far as going out there and executing the game plan. And like you said, playing playoff football, knowing that they're going to have to play this way from here on out in order to have a chance to make the playoffs. And once they get in the playoffs, this is December now. You need to play real good football in this month and hopefully get into the playoffs. And then if you're playing good football and you're getting into the playoffs, that goes a long ways once you get in there because, as you know, the AFC is wide open. Um, yeah, I think any team, you know, can, can get to the Super Bowl from the AFC. So if the Colts keep on doing what they're doing, I think they'll have a good shot of getting to the playoffs and – as long as they play good football, to me, the win is great, 31 to nothing. But to me, it's the way they play today that gives me a lot of confidence that the Colts are on the right track now in the month of December to get a, uh, make a run for the playoffs. Absolutely. And, and again, the point to drive home here is that 31 to nothing doesn't just happen. The, the, that is a game. That is a result that happens because you, 
you played at a high level, no matter who the opponent is. Bill, we, we got to talk about Kenny Moore the second. I mean, <laughs> I, it's it's every week he's going out there making plays. And at, at what point will he be recognized nationally as the best slot corner in the NFL? And sometimes I, I, I want to caution myself, Bill, because sometimes when you say that, it silos him into, oh, well, he's just a slot corner. When Kenny goes mm-hmm. outside, he's pretty dang good, too. So let's not just view him as a, as a slot corner. I think we can say he's one of the, the more impactful cornerbacks in the NFL. He just mostly plays in the slot. And he's a guy who, the the more that the the football world watches him, I don't understand how they couldn't look at him and say, man, this guy's really good. This guy is deserving of being a pro bowler because that's, that is how, we, we've known that about him here in Indianapolis, but um, I hope that nationally he starts getting a little more steam because he, he deserves a shot to, uh, you know, get that Pro Bowl recognition for himself. Oh, by far, he's definitely a Pro Bowl player. Um, he needs that shot, and I think the way he gets that shot is we're getting into the playoffs and everyone's seeing how good he is by him making impactful plays out there on the football team for the coach defense. I think that's where he's going to get his due, so to speak, where I think he's already got his due because I think you really want the, your respect from your teammates. And the teammates, his teammates on the Colts definitely respect him and know how good he is. And the guy makes plays. I mean, the first two series, he makes a nice interception on the sideline there and not just catching the ball, but keeping his feet in bounds as well. That, to me, was remarkable by uh, Kenny. And then also stripping the ball, punching the ball out uh, on the second one and the Colts recovering it. And then you go back to the play he made in Buffalo where you're just tipping the ball. That's, that's, that's a play right there that's not just you just do every day. Um, to have the uh, wherewithal to know that whether the offensive player was to tip the ball up in the air to yourself and to catch it at that, that's, that's not only a physical feat, but mentally to, to be aware of that, to do that on the field in a split second like that. So... Kenny has all the tools, all the traits, he's a good teammate, he works hard. And the thing that I really like about Kenny is Kenny knows the game very well from a mental standpoint, understanding what teams are trying to do to the coach's defense, what they're trying to do to him, and he studies film. And that's the only way you're going to know um, what teams are trying to do against you by studying the film, understanding uh, what offenses are trying to do against you and their concepts and what they're trying to accomplish. So Kenny is an all-around corner he's like you say he's not just a slot corner he is a corner he's a defensive player and he's going to go out there and make plays and that's what he's done thus far for the coach this season some other guys great to see them having big games Al-Kadeen Muhammad with his second two sack game of his career Kamoko Ture his second two sack game of the season uh you know good to see the Colts pass rush making an impact on this game just again you, you making sure that you don't give the Texans any life um it was really, really good to see Kari Willis back out there making a couple plays in the back end. Xavier Rhodes had a really strong game. Really across the board, you can't pick many you know nits with this defense. This was a full team effort on every single level. Darius Leonard, uh, Bobby Okereke had very good games as well. And I, I just want to go back to something you said here, Bill, because I think us on the outside sometimes – you know, people who haven't played in the NFL will look at it and say, oh, yeah, I mean, that team stinks. Like, what what's there really to be taken from this game? But you've been in these games. You've been a heavy favorite 
in games and come away with wins. You do you, do you know like when you play down to competition but still win versus when you play at your level, your baseline, um, and, and how that how, how different is that when you come out of a game like that? It, it's, it's a huge difference when you're playing down. To, you know when you play down to the competition, meaning that you know you should have beat this team by 14 points or you didn't execute certain plays where you know you should have executed those plays uh, for those plays to be successful. And, you know, you know, you feel like, well, hey, we just you just won the game. You feel that you know that because, you know, you haven't played to your level that you're capable of playing and the plays that you're supposed to execute, you did not execute. Uh, there might have been drop passes. There might have been uh, penalties. There might have been uh, balls that are overthrown or underthrown. And you still win the football game, but you know you haven't played well. Um, those are things you need to be concerned about. Today wasn't one of those days for the Colts. They played well. Um, they know they, they knew they wanted to run the ball, and they did run the ball. They knew they wanted to put pressure on uh, the quarterback, Tyrod Taylor or Mills. Um, it was Tyrod Taylor at first. And they know they wanted to dominate in the special teams area. And they pretty much did all three things. They, they won all three phases where, you know, uh, the Colts did well on special teams. Um, defensively, they stifled Houston's offense. And the Colts moved the ball. They ran the ball well. Got off to a little slow start running the ball, but they did run the ball well. They continued with it. And when they needed to make the big pass plays, they did that. And the thing I liked about the Colts' offense was, in the beginning, they showed them a lot of different looks. You know, they had... Uh, jet sweep with Naeem Hines. They ran the ball with Taylor. They had a reverse with Pittman. Um, so they showed the Texans a lot of different looks and to keep them off balance. And then they stayed with the running game. And then also they got some passes down the field. So I think the Colts did a nice job. And it was good to see Ashton Doolin make a nice catch yeah. in the end zone and get his feet in bounds. So you saw a lot of different things from the Colts. I think this is what the Colts want to be. They want to be a team that's very diverse, um, to get the ball down the field to different receivers, run the ball with JT, show them different looks with jet sweeps and things of that nature and reverses. So they want to keep it fresh, uh, want to keep the teams off balance, and I think you saw some of that today against the Texans. Yeah, I want to get into the offense here, Bill, because I thought Frank Wright called a really good game. And on the surface, this was not the Colts – it was not even close to the Colts' best offensive game of the year – uh, you know, with, you know, they, they averaged five and a half yards per play. That's, you know, it's okay. Um, but, you know, obviously they ran the ball for 238 yards. But just the, the, the general feeling I got from this game is that Frank knew what his defense was doing and basically said, like, we are not going to take any risks because eventually if I keep pounding the run, something's going to break. And the way that the Texans are playing, I mean, half of Jonathan Taylor's 32 runs came with eight or more men in the box, according to Pro Football Focus. So the way the Texans were doing it was they were the, the way they were loading things up, the Colts were going for explosive runs on those plays with all those guys down in the box. Because Frank Reich thought, all right, you know, they, they keep doing this, keep, they keep loading us up, one of these is going to break and you know go for a chunk gain and we saw that especially in the second half but it was one of those games where i mean houston's defense they were fifth in the nfl in takeaways coming into this game fourth in interceptions so 
when your defense is playing that well, it kind of goes back to what we talked about, Bill, at the start of the podcast, where if you're on offense, you just say, Let, don't give them a chance. Don't give that offense a chance to score on our defense because if we keep pinning them back in their own territory, they're not going to do anything. And I think that that's why I came away really impressed with how Frank Wright called this game. Yeah, he called it. Called it. He called it basically from a defensive standpoint, knowing that hey, we don't need to do anything crazy. All we need to do is make sure that we protect the ball, we stick to our game plan, we run the ball, and. Our defense is doing a great, great job of keeping them on their side of the field, and they're not getting on uh, our side of the field at all. So if we do what we're supposed to do, we will be successful. And you know, at the beginning of the game, you know, JT had 19 attempts for about 67 yards, which is three and a half yards. is not bad, but it's it's not a JT performance that we're used to seeing. But Coach Reich stuck with running the ball, getting the ball to different players, running the ball. Throwing when you need to throw, keep the team offense, keep um, offense, keep the Houston Texans honest. Um, but he ran the ball well, ran the ball effectively, and give credit to the offensive line. You know, Kelly out and Printer being in there, and the offensive line blocking mm-hmm. extremely well, and being consistent and staying after it, and staying after it, and staying after it, and eventually gets getting some yards there, especially in the second half. Give them a lot of credit and. The thing about Danny Penner, I, I, I will say this. You know Danny Penner played a decent game when you don't hardly hear his name called yep. at all for anything. And yet he only, his name was called once because everyone jumped and he didn't snap the ball. So, But other than that, uh, he played well today. And it's good to see that the Colts' offensive line depth is paying off for the Colts this season. Yeah, next man up once again on that offensive line, whether it's been Chris Reed, Matt Pryor, now Danny Pinter stepping in and playing well. That's what you really like to see. I mean, the, the Colts missed Ryan Kelly in the run game. Ryan Kelly's one of the best run-blocking centers in the NFL. So you're, of course, going to miss him, just like the Colts missed Quentin Nelson when he was out. But if you can have a guy fill in for him who is essentially, like you said, Bill, you're not noticing him. That's a really good thing for an offensive line. Um, one other thing here about the offense that I really liked I, I kind of noticed this during the game, and the stats wound up backing it up when I went back and looked, but I thought Carson Wentz handled the blitz really well, um, which, again, when you're facing a defense that takes the ball away, that's a good way for them to do it. Carson Wentz has blitzed 11, uh, excuse me, 12 times. He completed 8 of 11 passes against the blitz for 71 yards, did not put the ball into harm's way on those plays. He did take one sack, but... That again right there, you know, if the Texans are trying to generate a turnover that, like, gets them back into the game, gives them that momentum, Carson Wentz didn't allow him to do it either. Exactly. Protecting the ball. And that's what you want your quarterback to do uh, is protect the ball. And we all know Carson is an aggressive quarterback, but he's a smart quarterback. He knows when to protect the ball, and he did that today as far as not giving Houston a chance to get any life, so to speak, as far as getting a turnover from him. Uh, throwing an interception. Um, so he did a nice job, and not only just a nice job with protecting the ball from throwing it, but also I'm um, sure he did a nice job of making sure that the line protection was okay with the new new center in there, uh, but making sure everything was okay where he had protection, but not just protection, but also putting him in the right position and the right place to run the ball as well. So let's talk about this, Bill. I mean, the, the this is from NFL Research, they, they crunched the numbers, and essentially Carson Wentz today 
probably guaranteed the Colts are going to send a first-round pick to the Philadelphia Eagles to complete that trade back from uh, the offseason. But Carson Wentz this year, in 13 starts, 10 of them he has not thrown an interception. He has seven games of the passer rating above 100. That's tied for second in the NFL. And he's doing it all, by the way, like barely having any training camp. And I I think if you, you know... I, the the thing the biggest thing to me, Bill, about this is I it was kind of following it throughout the game, and then you know thinking about it after is I didn't really see anyone lamenting the fact that the Colts probably guaranteed they're sending a first round pick to the Eagles today. No one's lamenting that because Carson Wentz has been a good quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts this year. Yeah, they're not thinking about that right now. They're concerned about what's what's at hand, and that's winning football games, and that's try and get into the playoffs. And when you when you have a quarterback that hasn't thrown an interception in 10 games and has a, hun- uh, uh, a passer rating of 100-plus in seven of those games, your quarterback is playing some real good football. Um, that's what you want from your quarterback. You want your quarterback to put you in the right plays uh, when you need to have the right plays called as far as checking out the plays and putting you in the right plays, making good decisions, protecting the ball, and, and just moving the ball down the field, and he's doing those things. And when you talk about Carson Wentz, you know, you talk about the Colts and the games they lost. Carson's not the reason why we we've, we've, we've lost games. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's played he's played very well. Um, he's played at a high level. Um, he's protected the ball. Yeah, it's been a couple of games where we had some turnovers and things of that nature. That's going to happen. As much as you touch the ball in National Football League as a quarterback, you're going to have some turnovers. Um, the greatest ones have turnovers throughout the season. So, but for the most part, he has protected the ball and put the Colts in good position and made good decisions on what plays to run. So, he's playing well. And, and as you go back to your question, I, they're not thinking about that because you know what? He's he's doing his job. He's, he's playing good football. Um, they might think about it in the off season when it comes time to the draft. But for right now, the goal of the Colts is try to get into the playoffs. Yeah, and you know it. It's more from a fan perspective because, yes. you know, it just just to kind of put a bow on that, like I, I've seen it where fans are lamenting, oh, we don't have this draft pick because we traded for this guy and he stinks. But Carson Wentz has been good. Yeah, so, he, yeah, you know, they, they're not saying that about Carson. He's not he doesn't stink at all. He's been playing yeah. very well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you trade a third round pick and a first round pick for this quarterback every single time what the Colts are getting out of him. So a ton of credit to Carson Wentz, a ton of credit to Frank Reich, the offensive line, Jonathan Taylor, really everyone around Carson Wentz in addition to him for getting the Colts to have a a really good level of quarterback play now heading into these final four games. Bill, the bye week, though, is coming up. And this is, a, a, I mean, as late of a bye as you can get. But I want to throw something at you, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit more as we get into the Colts official podcast that I'm going to do with Jeffrey Gorman and Lara Overton this week. 2020, the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers had the latest possible bye week. 2019, the Kansas City Chiefs had the latest possible bye week. They went and won the Super Bowl. 2018, the Los Angeles Rams had the latest possible bye week. They made the Super Bowl and lost to the Patriots who had the second latest possible bye week. What What is it about a late bye? And this isn't, you know, an airtight theory, Bill, but what what is it about having a bye so late in the season that 
can sometimes trigger a team to go on a run like we've seen over the last few years? Well, I'm just, this is all, of course, guess and theory uh, about having a late buy. One, I think it's a, a great opportunity for a team to rest up and heal up. Um, you know, let's take, for instance, Darius Leonard, who's been playing on a, 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 a not a bum ankle, but an injured ankle all year, season long. This is going to give him an opportunity to rest up and get his ankle back. Uh, Nelson, ex ex same way. He can get kind of rested up and, and be ready to play. But also it kind of and it gives guys a rest, you know, kind of get away from the grind of football since being together in July from training camp on day in and day out. It'll give them an opportunity to kind of recharge their batteries for this last stretch here where they have four games remaining in the regular season and kind of get a stretch to start playing some good football and, re, like I say, you know, re-energize their batteries again and be ready to play. Also, I think what happens is by this time, you've kind of started playing and correcting some of your mistakes and you start playing the football the way you want to play football as far as a team uh, aspect goes. And you're, you're making plays and you're executing and you've built up to this point where now you're ready to just go out there and, and play football and win some football games and, and play at a high level. And I think by this time you've reached that point, now it's just a matter of going out there doing it week in and week out. So you don't have to worry about having a buy early in the week, I mean early in the season where you're, you're trying to ramp up and get there, but okay, now you have a buy, so that might set you back just a little bit and you have to do it again. Well, by now, you've got to the point where you say, okay, we know what we need to do as far as execute the plays out there in the football field. Now we just go out there and just execute and do it. Well, you're at this point now. Now this buy is helpful for just re-energizing your batteries, getting you healthy again, and being ready to go. So I think maybe that might be it, uh, but that's just my theory and talking about a late buy. But I think a lot of the guys that have nicked up, they're happy with it. So you started your career in 1986. and. Yes. 1986, 1987, 1988, 1989. There were no bye weeks. <laughs> 1990 rolls around. You get a bye week. What what did you do with your with the first bye week that had been in the NFL since I think it was 1966? 1990 that rolls around. What are you doing with your week at that point? During that week, I think we well, I think for the most part, I think we practiced earlier in the week, and then uh, at the end of the week, the coach gave us some time off, and of course, he tells us, you know, be careful and uh, don't do, you know, just just watch what you're doing. And I think I went back home to Boston to kind of visit my parents and relax and get away from football for a little while and just kind of enjoy some peace and quiet at home with my parents at that time in 1990. Um, and then come back and ready to go. So it was it was fun uh, to get some time off and, and nice because uh, having to play 16 games, 16 weeks straight was, of course, my rookie year was hard in 1986 and, and in 87 we had a strike year. So then play a full 16 games, but then 88 and 89 was a long year as well as far as playing all 16 weeks. but. Uh, having a bye was it, was, it was, it was a vacation. I mean, I, I, I'm just going to say it was a vacation and you got a chance to rest and kind of get away from football a little bit and uh, 
just kind of enjoy some stuff on your own time and do some different things and also get a chance to watch some football, some other other teams play uh, on a Sunday and and just just enjoy your time, but then get right back at it once uh, the bye is over. I, that still is just mind blowing to me that the, you know the the first time the NFL brought the bye back was 1990. I mean, I, like talking to Jonathan Taylor today, he's like, we've basically played a full college season, like 12 games in a bowl game, before we've got any time off. And you can sense, like, you know, a lot of Colts players are like, oh, all right, we, we made it. And, I mean, you didn't have any of that the first couple of years of your career. I mean, no, that's, that's did, crazy. Didn't have any of that. And, and, like I said, for the young guys, the guys that are, you know, they're just getting into the league this year, you know, they've played 13 games. Now, like you said, their season is over. Their college season is over. They're, they're done for the most part unless you're going to, like, say, you played in the conference championship, I mean, uh, college football championship. But, for the most part, your season is over. You're done. You might be playing in a bowl game, but that's your 12th or 13th game. And uh, now these guys still have four more weeks to go as far as from, uh, playing football and playing at a high level and playing with, you know, with some pressure on them. And it's 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 hard. It's it's tiring. It's it's physical tiring, but it's also mentally tiring, knowing that you have to go through um, four more weeks and um, to get ready to play. But if, and those, at the end of those four weeks, if they tell you, hey, you guys are going to be playing in the playoffs, you're excited about that. You're ready to go because that's what you play football for. You play football to get into the playoffs and get to the big dance and hopefully have a chance to win that Super Bowl. All right. Well, the Colts are on a bye week, but we are not on a bye week here on the Colts <laughs> Audio Network. We are going to have plenty of content coming to you this week. The Colts official podcast will be, will be back on Tuesday with Jeffrey Gorman, Lara Overton, and myself. Inside Football with Rick Venturi will also be back this week to break down the Texans game. I'm sure Coach Venturi's got some stories about bye weeks as well and uh, maybe the, the pre-bye week era, too, that, uh, that Bill can relate to. Uh, and then we will have, obviously with no game this week, Colts Instant Reaction will be back Next week, following the Colts-Patriots game, a big Saturday night primetime game at Lucas Oil Stadium. We will have plenty of content leading up to that game, of course. But for now, we're going to rest a little bit. Bill and I are going to take a little bit of a rest, uh, and then I'll be back on the Colts official podcast on Tuesday. Anyways, you can follow me on Twitter at JJ Stankovitz. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the Colts Audio Network. Give us a five-star rating. Drop us a review. We love seeing those come in. And we will talk to you next time here on the Colts Audio Network.